Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Kiss me hard before you go, summertime sadness. I just want you to know that, baby, you're the best. The words are sung by Lana Del Rey, and they call to mind the summertime, obviously, and, of course, the best. And do you know who the best is? Stephen King. Welcome yet again to another episode of The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. Justin Juniper Hill Gerber, and for this episode, we've convened to discuss those nasty, lovely, nightmarish, refreshing tales of terror and hope, courtesy of the master of horror himself, Stephen King, that make us think of the hottest season we have, the summertime. Now, keep in mind, this list that we are going to be presenting to everybody and its rankings are not necessarily based on the quality of the story. We're not ranking them in terms of what's the greatest King story of all time. No, just how much they make us think of the summer. That's how we're doing this, folks, as we go along. Like, what is the summariest, I made up an adjective, what is the summariest <laughs> Stephen King story that collectively we have come up with? And I think we've got an incredible a number of selections here. I mean, look, no joke, between the four of us, 28 Jesus 28 oh, wow. submissions that we dialed down to 10. The fun thing is the people on this panel other than myself uh do not know the order of the 10. They know the 10 that made the cut, but only I know the order. So it'll be fun to to see the expressions on their face and hopefully maybe sometimes you'll hear the gasping uh in whatever <laughs> podcast format you're listening from. But you know, let's uh, let's. I, I just heard a recent gasp uh, over this the old headphones of mine, and I believe it's coming from a very uh, hot area right now, as a matter of fact, in Nashville, Tennessee. And, and who is that gasping over the air? Hey, this is Jen Summerlovin. Have me a blast, Adams, and it is very hot in Nashville, but not just hot; it's humid. You know, you can suck the humidity out of the air with a straw. You know, a couple people here are from the state, the great state, as they once said, of Florida. And we all know about humidity down in Florida as well. It's uh, it it adds a whole other element to the heat. And Jen, I have a question for you. I I have 37 questions for everybody. I will it down (laughs) to one. Oh, wow. And my question for you is uh, what what makes you think of the summertime? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of summer? The pool. That's the my pool. favorite thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, not that I have been too much this summer, but yeah, the pool is my favorite thing to do in summer. And for a while when I was waiting tables, I would wake up. This is going to make me sound like a huge loser, but it was like the best summer ever. So I'd wake up and I would like exercise a little bit. And then I would watch a rerun of ER and a rerun of Dawson's Creek. And then I would go to the pool for like three hours. And then I would go to work at my restaurant job and I'd wake up and I'd do the whole thing all over again. It was the best now, summer ever. Correct me if I'm wrong. First of all, you do not sound like a loser. Okay. Huh? 
Although you're great, you know that's the name. That's the namesake. We are all. That's true. Here, right? I mean, yeah, We're not a bad loser. You're a good loser. You're, you're not. You're not a sore loser, as we put right, it. Right. That's true. Jen, from what I remember, Dawson's Creek interest syndication on the Turner Broadcasting System (TBS). What was ER on? I can't remember. What was what's the It was on was TNT, ER on? I think. I think TNT, TNT. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. for reruns. I think, but it was yeah, originally, for reruns. It was, originally it was on NBC, though, right? Yeah, like that, that's mm-hmm. an NBC. It was okay. part of Thursday Must Watch Thursday Nights, which also was Girls Night. So yeah. we would watch uh, Friends, then go out and smoke, then Will and Grace, then go out and smoke, then ER. Oh. Right. I watched it late in life. It's good. It's better mm-hmm. than I think. It's it's it, like it hasn't stuck around like some other shows, you know. I think uh, all these shows will eventually come back around as the as the world turns, but. You know, yeah. there's somebody else here in the great state of Illinois. Not maybe I'm biased, but Illinois, eh, a little bit better than Florida these days. <laughs> just a tad. It's just a, a bold tad. take there. Just a tad. <laughs> Hot take. Depends on what line you fall on on the other side of. And and who is that? He's the maestro himself. In your name. Uh, this will be Michael Hot Town Summer in the City Rothman. <laughs> you know, just loving that song from uh, a perfect summer blockbuster that I like to revisit every summer. Die Hard with a Vengeance, or as some called Die Hard Three. Do you yeah. call it Die Hard Three? Well, I do remember on Entertainment Tonight they had they debuted the trailer, and it was then just called Die Hard Three. I, wow! I can remember that. I can't tell you what I ate this morning, but I can tell you that for a fact. The movie's almost thirty years old now. How about yeah. that? Yes. Very good movie. Very fun movie. Mike, we've known each other for a long time. Very long. I, yes. I don't think I have ever asked you the question. What do you think of when you think of? <laughs> the summer you know kind of a little bit like uh was it uh who's don henley when he talks about the you know boys of the summer boys, of course he, he, he talks a bit a little bit about you know hitting up those uh, beach towns right so that's mm. what i think of i think of the beach mm. not to be confused with another summer blockbuster actually this isn't a summer blockbuster at all but uh leonardo DiCaprio's the beach the tanked you're right he, big, it flop. <laughs> big flop and wasn't great for Danny Boyle and he had to come back with uh you know i think 20 days later but um He's i okay. uh he did fine I love the beach. I grew up on the beach. I'm from Miami. So um, probably should have used the Will Smith song, actually, or maybe Glenn Frey's The Heat Is On. But Mm. huge fan of the beach. And it's hard for me to be here during the summer in Chicago because uh, I think the the heat is actually uh, tougher in the Windy City for some Mm. reason. I, I don't know if it's, I mean, we're still next to the lake, but not having that ocean breeze. It, 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 there's a difference. There certainly is a difference. So. I think it's a brutal combination of that and the fact that eight months out of the year, it's in the 50s. Yep. So when the 80s and 90s come along, it's like I'm watching the uh, the nightmare in Term- Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> Sarah has. It's just this massive heat wave. Kids are being burned alive on the playground. Now, we do have one very special guest. Not that everybody here isn't special in their own way, but we have a special guest who is coming back, I believe, for the second time on the Losers Club podcast. Please introduce yourself and, and, and give us your credentials, as it were. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> no pressure. I kind of went off, I went off brand today. So I'm, my name is Janelle, the thing of evil Jansen. Oh, yes. I like that. Yeah. Molly and I both have L's in our names. So, yeah. Ah. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I am the person behind She Reads with Cats, and you can find me on Instagram and everywhere else that social media is. And I just push books, and I'm a lifelong Stephen King fan. So, 
Yeah, well, let me ask you a quick question here because I do a lot of traveling on the on the transit, the CTA here in Chicago, Illinois, and especially in the wintertime, it's hard to lug around like a nice big hardcover. So yeah. for the most part, I'm reading Kindle these days, but I'm still checking out books from the Chicago Public Library. But are you are you anti Kindle or do you understand no. that people occasionally have to have the Kindle? Oh no, I'm not anti. Kindle. I mean, I love collecting hardcovers and I love hardcovers, but I am pro Kindle and read mostly on my Kindle. Oh, there you go. You see, <laughs> and laptop. No. So, thank it's you very much. It's way to read. It is, yeah. and it's very fast, and it's easy, mm-hmm. and you also know how much time you have. You can plan things out in certain. Mm-hmm. The, the Kindle's amazing, folks. Mm-hmm. I suggest you get them. I also yep. suggest supporting your local bookstore and buying good hardcovers out there as well. Yeah, I do but, both. Course. Smart. As smart. you can see behind me. I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say. It's an incredible collection there. Really I need is. to get at least two more bookshelves. I've got books and just crates over here, like a like I'm in Creep Show by Stephen King. Oh, I've got Hal um, Holbrook like on the other line. Janelle, um, question for you. Yeah. I'm not going to throw any more curveballs. I asked the other two people <laughs> the same exact question. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the summertime? I think of Maui and being in front of the pool with the view of the beach, <laughs> but the pool is my favorite and I don't have one. I wish I did. It's so hot here. Yeah. I know. Cause you and Jen have mentioned pools and I was grateful back when I lived in Phoenix, Arizona decades ago at this point, but we absolutely had a, a pool in the backyard and Oh man, I have missed that pool ever since I'll put it that way. You never get over your first pool. No, I grew um, up with a, so they say, yes. I grew up with an above ground pool, like a doughboy pool, and I was oh, yeah. in it twenty four seven. Yeah. Yeah. Very spoiled. Yeah. And I grew up and I didn't have to mow the lawn because in Phoenix you had your pool and you had just had like many like pebbles as your yard and cactus. <laughs> there was no trees. So we weeded like once a year and we swam the rest of it. Those that must were the have been days. boiling. <laughs> were you like, like Joshua well, Tree. We, yeah. We talked about sure. heat, but the, the the great thing about, you know, Arizona and Nevada is that as hot as it gets, no humidity. True. It's a dry heat. That's what it's they say. It's a dry say. heat. Now, I believe at a certain point in this countdown, we're going to talk about uh, the dangers of the dry heat. Yeah, um, I'd say least, so. Yeah, when it comes to these stories. So I think as we go through, obviously, we can talk about our takes on the stories. Did you say credentials? <laughs> I did say uh, I was being obnoxious, like, like, okay, I guess you can, you know? okay, you've got a good background, oh, okay. you can stay in there. I can credential it. I I write for a screen magazine and Cemetery Day and for Night Fire a while ago, and then also um, Dark Matter magazine. That's oh, awesome. Cool. Nice, nice. There's the rest of the credentials. Before we get started, <laughs> and now we will continue to record, you've been accepted for the rest of the episode. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. When you were with Cemetery Dance, were you able to get some advanced copies of the publications? Because sometimes it's really hard to get some of those editions. Was there, were there any ins and outs with that or what? You mean like special editions? Yeah, exactly. Like, like the big, okay. I haven't, but I have gotten uh, some from Suntup editions, which are pretty nice. Oh, and yeah. Lividian, mm. Lividian Press and then uh, Thunderstorm Books. I work here with them here, a lot. Yeah. Not I, even I people work, who work oh, for Earthling. Cemetery Dance can get it, so there you go. It's, it's tough. Cemetery. It's tough. I just have gotten like paperback arcs before, but not like the actual like. Here you go. Here's a nice limited edition. No, I pay for those. Oh, <laughs> they've got some great limited. There's hard to get uh-huh. sometimes, you know. So. Yeah, it's hard. See, even if you work for them, it's hard to get it. Basically, you know, it's tough. It's a tough deal. You but, join um, Facebook groups, and you. I actually am in the collectors club, so that's hmm. how I get advance notice. Because uh, I am ridiculous, and I have to have all those books. 
Well, those are beautiful additions to have, especially Thanks. the It one that came out a few years ago. I oh, remember. that's the one I don't have. Yeah. Oh, see? It's so that's hard. That's my whale. Yeah. Like every 27 years, you have a chance <laughs> to get it. This right here. It's a good gimmick. It's so cool, though. It's so awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, folks, I think it's time. Uh-oh. It is time. The three of you have the, 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 the list that I gave yeah. you of the movies. Okay. The mm-hmm. movies. Well, we have been mentioning some of the Stephen King movies as we go along. Probably. I think it's natural to do that for sure. So our number 10 entry coming in eh, kind of hot. I guess, you know, when you get a certain uh, disease, a certain viral flu, uh. you can get a little hot. <laughs> Let's, time to take a stand, but not the stand you're thinking of. We're going to go back in time. We're going to go back. To 1969, this ah, debuted in Ubris nice. Magazine in the spring of 69. Not the summer, but the spring of 69. But most people know it because it's in the terrific short story collection Night Shift. And it's a short story called Night Surf. Mike oh. Rothman, I think this was in your, your list there that you, that you gave out. So what, what stands out to you about Night Surf? What makes you think of the summertime when it comes to Night Surf? Well, you know, it uh, takes place on Anson Beach in uh, mm. New Hampshire. I've never actually, I think I've been to New Hampshire like a little bit. Cause there's like, I, I, th- I went to a wedding once around there and I can't remember if it was Connecticut, New Hampshire or upstate New York. It was somewhere around there, but either way, <laughs> I, I narrowed it down to like one seventeenth <laughs> yeah. of the States. Well, oh, you know, they're, all, they're all like this weird cross section or whatever, but like New England. Yeah. yeah it's New England. But I, I mean, a, it's the beach, but also there's kind of a meanness to this there's kind of like almost like a, a lord of the flies type quality yeah. to this short story that i love that like because for the most part you know they're not great people in this short story you know there is a sacrifice that's at the center of this so uh you know that they don't really do anything about and they kind of just kind of you know ignore and for me i i guess it's you know there's just something about the summer where and it's all through king's books where you just you always kind of have the, the little bullies you know and the, mm-hmm. the the mean kids but they're also kind of cool too you know like if i was in if this was like the post apocalypse i mean i guess i'm telling a little bit about myself but i, I kind of want to hang out with this crew i feel like they they'd get a, <laughs> they'd get by really but it is a mean story, which I, you know, I've talked about it multiple times on this show. Talked about to King himself. Uh, I like when he's mean. I like when he is. Uh, he, he doesn't pull the punches a little bit, and this one he doesn't. So I agree. Uh, and you know, Jen, you mentioned in your intro, you did a little allusion to the musical Greece, and you know, there's summer loving, but of course, when the <laughs> summer ends, there's some betrayal, there's some backstabbing, mm-hmm. there's some people pretending they don't recognize, you know, Sandy, yeah, and vice versa. It's kind of messed totally. up. Now, there's mm-hmm. definitely some betrayal. In Night Surf, uh, what, what, do you uh, enjoy this particular entry in the Stephen King oeuvre? I do. Um, I actually, Mike and I were talking before we started recording. I didn't remember much about the story, so I had to brush up on it because I've read it so long ago. I think what I like the most about this is that it's a stand adjacent story, yeah. which yeah. Uh-huh. the stand is my favorite book of all time, and I love it so much. And it's like when you read that book, you you wonder what if there are little pockets of people that are not part of that story. So I like it for that. I also, I mean, I like how nihilist it is, you know, Mm -hmm. especially, I think I didn't like it when I first read it. I was like, what's the point of this? And now as I get older and having been through a pandemic too, I'm like, well, it is kind of nihilistic, you know? So, yeah. It's a good one. Uh, Janelle, how about you? What do you, how, what are your feelings on night surf? And uh, can you understand the, the summer connections? My feeling is exactly what Jen just said. It just reminds me of the stands, but, (laughs) and that's why I like it. I can't, I guess just the fact that it's at a beach, (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, hey, 
It could be as simple as that, right? August, that's when my birthday is, and I love summer for that reason, or I used to before wildfires, but yeah, uh, it used to uh, be my favorite season because my birthday is in August. Yeah, I just really like it because I like post-apocalyptic stories. I love sci-fi, so... I always kind of picture the Lost Boys as yeah. the, like it's like yeah. in their world, you know. I yeah. like. I also love that they kind of give a little bit more nuance to like actually what the virus is. I mean, granted, this is written before the Stan, yeah. so it's it's kind of hard to. You kind of have to like Jerry rig it into the story and the 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 whole mythology of the Stan because it's you know it talks about like the A two strain and then also the A six strain and we don't really get into the strains per se in the Stan so much because I think it's more focused on just like you know, the, the kind of the wave of mutilation to borrow from, uh, my boy, Frank Black. And, uh, so Black I, Francis even. or Black Francis. Yeah. Or the, the Pixies, if you're confused as to who Black Francis yeah. or Frank Black is or Pixies, maybe it's just Pixies for short. I usually mm. always said the Pixies, Back but, here. but yeah, it's certainly, Pixies. I mean, I always, I feel like I, I bring night surf to the table at any one of these lists because I just love this short story. I just, <laughs> I love that it's such an in and out, like you're, you know, you punch in, you punch out something that we're going to talk about, uh, with some of the short stories that are in, uh, everything's eventual. And then again, it's just, it, it, there's just that title's so fucking cool too. Like night surf. It's just uh-huh. such a neat, simple kind of remind, like, I feel like it would be like written in like day glow now and like, mm-hmm. you know, put on a Quicksilver sweater or something like that. Quicksilver so. Highway, maybe, you know? Yeah, little, yeah. Uh, that's true. King's Dominion there. Well, there. <laughs> it could be a surfer brand. That's true. Uh, I think about in, in my youth, especially, we would travel to places in Florida, beaches, various beaches, and, you know, we'd stay at nearby hotels and kind of sneak out on the beach at night and walk along the beach. There's nothing better. In my opinion, maybe this is hashtag beach privilege, but there's nothing better than <laughs> on the beach. I can't remember if it was an NPR article a couple years ago, but it was pretty classic. And it's so dark out. There's no lights around you. And it's just the moon and the crashing waves. And obviously that's going on in this story too. And the fact that they're kind of finding some peace in this post-apocalyptic world where like people's bodies are burning and they're thinking about having to like leave friends behind, but they still go to the beach yeah. to escape it all. And I, and I just, I think Jen, you said too, I, I related also to going to the beach two years ago in the real thrust of the pandemic. And there was just like this peace there because you looked out and you're like, oh, nothing's actually changed out there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I think we all kind of gravitate towards that. You know? I mean, and think about the end of certain zombie movies. I'm not going to spoil. Like that's where they end up a lot of times to mm. escape. So it feels like the water or off of land is kind of a reprieve from all of the hell that is back there, you know? The, the alternate ending of Night of Living Dead when Ben's oh, on the it. beach. <laughs> I was like, literally going to make it. I made it. Dwayne Jones read, walks out. <laughs> I read somewhere that because we're made of primarily water, that water is very soothing to human beings. So when we I look at it. water, we automatically calm down. I when I was teaching, I used to play wave sounds um, mm-hmm. in my class, and it it does. It soothes you. And if you like breathe with the waves, it's, it's very soothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might explain the ending of uh, season one uh, premiere of uh, Rescue Me, in which uh, Dennis Leary walks to the beach and he's followed by the souls of uh, post 9 11 victims. So um, it's a, you know, and he contemplates his own life and mortality at the beach um, to the sounds of cold plays, don't panic. So, um, fun anecdote. Appropriate song. It's like saying, don't panic. Yeah, Yeah. you're at the beach, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I've heard Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Beach. (laughs) What are we talking about here? Yes. Uh, Okay, well, Night Surf, it's incredible to think that story 
is over 53 years old. Jesus. Right? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, 1969. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, terrific entry. I think we all enjoy that particular one. Now we're going to jump to a story that featured in the collection that I believe the, the people who read this collection were not a big fan of. I was not on the episode. I can also throw my hat in the ring. Not a big, not a big fan of this short story collection that was released in the mid-90s called Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Now, this story, though, I personally am also a fan of. And it was originally found in the, uh, I think it's a magazine, Midnight Graffiti. Terrific name, by the way. I mean, come mm. on. Great name. Yeah. These are great names. Yeah. Uh, it was released, though. It was not released in the summer of 1989. But once again, it was released in the spring of 1989. The name of the story is Rainy Season. Now, Jen, I believe you had this on your on your rankings as well. What about this story spoke to you, especially when it comes to the good old summertime? This might have been my number one, or it was at least way up there. I love this story so much. Um, the description of humidity here, like I was actually quoting when I said you could drink it out of the air with a straw, because uh-huh. like I know I have this um, on audio, and Yardley Smith reads it, and it's just. Oh, wow. Such a great story. I love how bonkers it gets. You know, like it's uh-huh. fucking frogs that are like eating you and then they melt in the morning. I mean, spoilers, but you know, Magnolia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Note. There's, no, I mean, I you can hear Amy Mann in the background. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just, <laughs> I love, I love the buildup. I love like the there's like that final destination moment where nobody believes that this is going to happen, and then all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, they were, they were right. You know, it's it's just so much fun, and it's the last thing you think is going to happen is that these frogs are going to eat them. And that there is yeah. no escape. It just, I love it so much. And Janelle, you mentioned Magnolia, and I have a question uh-huh. for you. A lot of people are torn about the ending of Magnolia, about the frogs falling and that being the kind of twist of the movie. However, if the frogs had started to eat the characters in Magnolia, do you think that people <laughs> would have been more uh, excited about that, that, that version of the ending? Uh, I would have liked it better. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I didn't I hate so. it, but I think that would be more fun. I agree. What do you think about rainy season uh, in, in the summertime? What do you think? I liked it because it's weird. I don't know. I like bizarre things like that, bizarre twists. Um, I also like that they think it wouldn't it wouldn't happen, but it did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, the Bible's pretty accurate most of the time, so I think they do yeah. allude to frogs falling. And I don't, this, this to me is like Eventually I don't understand. a documentary, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. they've done so many King adaptations, and they've redone. They've done multiple adaptations of, of King stories. Why haven't they tried to do this? This would be like a lot of fun. Like, why is this a creep show episode on Shutter? It should, should be, be a, a fun creep 30 show. minute bit, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It should be for sure. Yeah, you could even do like an animated kind of like they did um, with Survivor type. That oh, would yeah. be fun too. Yeah, maybe That's budget wise, it might even work more that way. You know, if you do have <gasps> the animation, just make it really gross. Well, you yeah, mm-hmm. like claymation. That'd be fun. All Greg Nicotero yeah. does to do is just like literally call up, you know, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson and be like, "Hey, um, still have uh, any of uh, you know, those frogs?" Any of the you know, you know the the cues and some of the visual effects from you know Magnolia, we could kind of borrow for this you know fifteen minute episode we're going to be doing. Like it, it would be kind like, of cool if you could loan it to us. You know, I'm sure Paul Tom would Cruise be like kept, kept them all. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> he was in his rider. God, paint them um, black. Yeah. I, personally, you mentioned the humidity, Jen, and I, I when I think about this story, I think about when it's extreme when you've been outside all day, especially in the humidity, not just the heat, but that humidity. And then you walk 
into an air-conditioned house. Uh-huh. And that relief, that blast that hits you. That's mm-hmm. what I think about when these poor bastards go into this house. Uh-huh. If they're finally at peace, everything's going to be fine. And the last thing they're expecting, not only are frogs falling, but these frogs are going to, you know, eat everything in sight. It's a fun story. It's not that long of a story uh-huh. either. You know, it, it realizes that its pitch is just so long. For instance, this would not work as, you know, I say this wouldn't work as a 100-minute movie, but you could actually make this work as a 100-minute movie if you have more people involved in different locations. So I take that back. Yeah, this it could depends on who, who the out. couple is. Maybe add yeah. in a love scene, you know? Hey. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, I think they do. I think, I think it actually is in the story, yeah. I think you're right. I think you could make it maybe slow motion as the frogs are falling. Add a little bit of that. People are big fans of, play, of love. What was that Flat. Jars of Clay song? It's like, you know, rain. Oh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Finger. I think it was using the yeah. hard rain um, trailer um, also. But, <laughs> do, 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 you know, yeah, I have that song. You know, Mike, nights. you mentioned hard rain. And much like the original trailer for Die Hard with a Vengeance said Die Hard 3, the original trailer for Hard Rain, I'm not joking, was called The Flood. Oh. That's the super- song. That's, that's, a, the yes. oh, yeah. that's the connection. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you can see that the producers were like, no, uh, no, we got to make this a fucked up title. We can't just call it the flood. Let's, right. I like how you give them like a hard rain. Okay. Fl- <laughs> hard rain. That sounds good. Hard it's like rain. Harvey Firestein is like the, you know, the producer of this movie that you just did. Harvey yeah. Firestein. We, we can't. We got to make it fucked up. We I'll can't make it rain. bigger. We need more toads. God, David, get some more toads out I there. I almost threw out my voice doing Harvey. I'm but, giving uh, all it's the hard, toads I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say this is a, it's a fun story. I, I'm a little, I mean, I think, I don't know anyone just like absolutely loves Nightmares and Dreamscapes. And that was, which no, was no. that was, which was so maddening about that episode is because, you know, the backlash that we received from that episode, because people are like, how could you not like this? Do you hate King? And why are you doing this the podcast? Hard rain of backlash. Yeah. You know, well, I guess it was a sobering realization for me because when, when that episode hit and everyone was saying that we just hated King, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Why did I dedicate three or four years to like a weekly podcast? Anyway. <laughs> well, listen, um, if somebody's been working Mike for steadily for almost basically well over 50 years at this point, obviously everything that person does is great. So it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No but, nuance at all. This one. Yeah, none. I do. Everything's perfect. I kind of miss that, like, you know, not to go back on, like, the whole mean thing, but, like, I just, this is, like, very EC Comics, like we were saying yes. with Creepshow, and I, yeah. I kind of just want, I want some more of those stor- stories from him. Granted, I haven't read everything in the last 10 years, 10 to 15 years from, from him, but I guess, like, the closest for me to, like, something like this would maybe be, like... I don't know, like rat maybe from like, if it bleeds, like not even really, I guess it kind of close to it, but this just is so, it's just so um, ugly of a story Mm -hmm. and it's so gross of a story that that's what I kind of love about it. And I think that you need that also in the summer because growing up in South Florida, I'll tell you this right now, I don't like reptiles and I don't like amphibians um, because they're all over the place. And uh, I don't like gators and they're all over the place in Florida. And uh, I know, Justin will relate to that because we have several losers that uh, are always like pro. We love the Gators, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, guess what? I don't. I was no. terrified of them as a kid. I, he- I heard all these rumors as a kid, like urban legends about how, you know, the backyards in South Florida, because a lot of them would dip into these like mangrove areas or, you know, canals. And you'd hear about, you know, little kids being eaten by alligators. And so that oh. as a kid would be terrifying to hear about. And so I just hated them forever. Yeah. So, Janelle, you, know. you, have, you have something to add to that. 
Yeah, I've only been to Florida once, and it was to go to Disney World, and it was during that time where the little boy got eaten by Wait, the oh my gator God, yes. at what? the hotel. I was yeah, at the hotel next yes. door. Oh, oh, signs everywhere in these little pools, but they weren't paying attention, and he ran into the water, and the dad couldn't get him out. So yeah. it's, it's an okay fear to have. Yeah. yeah it's okay, so we're terrifying. going to Florida in like two weeks, and I'm afraid <laughs> that my kids water. are going to get eaten by alligators well, because I, I, my I son was the same age as my kid. That'd be the last thing I'd be worried about going to Florida right now is is alligators eating your kids. There's lots of very danger in Florida. (laughs) I lived lived over 20 years. Okay, I can make the jokes. Get get off my back. (laughs) Yeah, well, Uh, it's my sister-in-law, their neighbor. um, Not to add any more fear to you, Jen, but... Did she get eaten by an alligator? She was eaten by an alligator. Yeah, oh, not even, uh, that's not even a joke. That's a legit thing. Oh, my thing. God. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I oh, had yeah. fun at Disney World, though. Disney World's great. <laughs> it's great. What's your favorite ride at Disney World? Uh, the one at Animal Kingdom. The, um, a- called? A- Avatar? Uh, uh, Avalanche. A- uh, Avalanche. <laughs> that came in after Is I moved, right? unfortunately. I think you're right. It's something oh, like it's, that. It's like, it's the, like, the, it's like the Matador or something. Yeah. yeah I, I missed so out fun. on that. And they have um, really good drinks, like right when you get off. Yes. Well, let me ask you a question. Did you go on the Peter Pan ride at, at Walt Disney World, at the Magic Kingdom? Yeah. I like you, the did Peter you see Pan the alligator ride. on that ride? Oh, right? my God. At Disneyland, they've got them all over the place. They probably have Disneyland Paris, Tokyo Disneyland. They've got them all over. We wish the best of luck to that, 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 that alligator <laughs> and Captain Hook himself. Well, hello, this is Jason, co-host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You know, Jen, you mentioned Yearly Smith. Oh. And it's appropriate because our number eight entry relates to Yearly Smith. The story gotcha. isn't cars, it ain't <laughs> vans, it's trucks. <laughs> Found, most people know this from the Night Shift collection. Once again, that's two Night Shift selections already. Right, look, it's a great book. What can we say? Hey, it it's is, a great book, it of course. It really uh, originally, it was found in the children's magazine Cavalier in June. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's not, folks, don't have your kids look it up. It's not a children's magazine. Uh, in June of 1973, it's about to celebrate its 50th birthday next year. We'll make sure to have a big celebration for it. Especially <laughs> for the, the Timothy Busfield adaptation. But once again, I remember on this episode, Mike, I don't believe, I believe a number of us were not necessarily big fans of this story, but can't deny that the, the, the summertime feel to it, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, the heat is part of the claustrophobia that you get mm. from this story. Cause I mean, I even think just the way that King Lenses Maximum Overdrive 
kind of captures that really well. I mean, if there's one thing that the movie adaptation gets of the short story is that you just feel the the sort of insufferable humidity and heat. I'm thinking like when summer's muggy, when it's dirty, when it's smoky, summer at its worst. And like trucks feels like that, but it's even taken to an nth degree because I just always think of that final image of just like all the cars lining up with yeah. just, they're probably like the fumes running and the heat beating down and, Maybe the main character claustrophobic. who oh, it's totally claustrophobic. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I got to get away from this, but I can't get away mm-hmm. from it because the cars are going to run me over. For me, that's uh, some of my least favorite moments in the summer when I'm like, I like going on long walks. Not, no pun intended for Stephen <laughs> King fans <laughs> or Richard Bachman fans. But I, Please. I hate when I'm like, I have to go through like. You know, there's like a bunch of traffic, and you just feel the exhaust. It's just like disgusting. Mm-hmm. You can smell it. Yeah, you know, no. you, you can, you're living every every uh, element of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree yeah. on that too. And then you start smelling like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Do you know your thoughts of the smell of the summertime? Though, <laughs> 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 how do you the feel smell. about? Let me ask you a question. Do you when you're thinking about this story, do you think about trucks now, or do you think do you go right to Maximum Overdrive, the movie that's based on? What do you think of first? I hope you don't kick me out of the club, but sure. I'm kind of a loser is the fact that I didn't even know there was an adaptation and I just read that there now, was two. Yeah, there, there is. There there's, are two. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the trucks one, it's called trucks and it's with Timothy Busfield of revenge of the nerds fame. And, and um, of course, a million other things. And 30 30 something. I was going to say, <laughs> there you go. However, in my opinion, and I was actually on the maximum overdrive audio commentary. I know a lot of people like it for like its kitsch, I guess, but I don't think it's a very good movie at all. King's pretty embarrassed by it. This isn't like you're saying, I, I missed out on, I don't know, The Shining or Misery or something like that. Uh, trust me, there's no... Oh, no, never. <laughs> I, I, I wish I was as ignorant. I've seen Maximum Overdrive like four times too many at this point. Um, <laughs> I, had a, I haven't uh, seen it. I haven't seen it, but not, I do like the short story. Yeah, the short story is a little more serious. There's not a lot of humor. I mean, there's some humor, humorous elements. There's no ACDC the either. So no, there's no there's no hints of ACDC. Oh, well, no, no Green Goblin. I'll put it that way. Yeah. No Emilio Estevez. Oh no. It was. I, no. No Juan Carlos Esposito. You know. I feel like he's running around in like his Reno man outfit the entire time. Emilio Estevez. Much is. He's like, we yeah. don't have the budget, but we're gonna just just show yeah. up and, and do your thing here. You know, guy. And he does. <laughs> I, I, I want to say Maximum Overdrive might be the first time I ever saw Joe Bob Briggs growing up because um, mm. I believe I saw him doing it on Monster Vision once. And I just remember it was one of those perfect movies to stumble upon as a kid because the premise is really like frightening when you think about it. Like now that we're adults, it's kind of the whole movie is just ridiculous. But as a kid, the pummeling like gank, 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 and especially the opening when you like the kid is actually like running away from it, especially after all these the massacre of all these other kids on the, the field. As a child, it was like alarming to watch, and then I remember enjoying it as like I don't know, but it was like eight years old in the middle of the night. That's the, you know that's the gist of it. Maybe it was ten, who knows? But it, it certainly was fun Same at that thing. point. It is one of the most. I, I just can't watch it anymore. I just can't. Like I've I've I actually there was a uh, I had a college date once, and uh, we we were you know just hanging out at her house, and I literally went home. <laughs> Because I didn't want to watch the movie anymore. I just was like, hey, I'm telling like, you, that, might, that might be a deal breaker. And I'd be yeah. like, look, we've got millions of, yeah. but now it would be inexcusable because now it's like, okay, I've got 18 streaming services that have a thousand movies each. I will watch anything 
but yeah. maximum overdrive right now, please. <laughs> You're not going to get your VHS rental. Yeah. I know. Well, look, I'm, I got to get my VHS. I feel like VHS is coming back in vogue, but I'm like, what? what's the point? I, yeah. I don't get it. It looks, it looks bad. cool. Well, some People of them look cool. People do collect them. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I got a couple. Uh, collecting is one there. thing, but it's like listening to, to tapes now. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's uh, I can't go oh, back. No. I can't no, go the back. cassettes is a bad idea. That that, that format mixtapes. always sucked. Yeah, well, yeah. I, mean, I do. I, I miss mixtapes. I do miss were mixtapes. Fun, tapes, though. Though. Yeah, yeah, you'd have two like separate stereos, and then you'd like mm-hmm. play one and record <laughs> that is together. True. Try yeah. to catch it before so the commercial came on. Yeah. Well, mine were riddled with like XL 106.7. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, XL 107. Jen. I, obviously, you know, you've got your family or, and you've got the kids are playing sports every once in a while. We're going to mm-hmm. ask you to give out your, your children's full names and social security yes, numbers <laughs> as soon as humanly possible. But even with, when I think about this, I think of the movie Maximum Overdrive now more than mm-hmm. trucks, which still makes me think of the summertime. I and mean, then the movie begins, right, with your baseball mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. Very like suburbia summer. Yeah. I actually think I think of the Goblin and I think of Emilio Estevez, but I've only yeah. seen Maximum Overdrive like once or twice. Although I feel like it was on USA all the time when it I was, was a kid. But was. I'm gonna watch it tonight. It's, it. I mean, oh, it's, it's pretty short. Seeing, it's pretty short. You know. yeah. You're gonna email so us and be curious. like, "What did you get me into what did, this?" I know. Like, <laughs> like I, when I think of the story itself, I think of the imagery from The Hitcher more because I feel mm. like that is a, more of a similar tone. You know, mm. like the story like has movie. this like dusty feel, like road trip kind of feel to it. Like they're all stuck at this um, like Texas road Chainsaw stop. Massacre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it, that vibe. It, it, in terms it does of the have heat. that. Yeah. yeah, you know, and there's the part where the finger in the fry, and you know, then Green Goblin says that's. I, yeah, I would okay. say Janelle, don't get your hopes up. Like you said, the Hitcher is very <laughs> oh. good. Uh, this is not. This is. Oh not yeah, the, the Hitcher. Hitch- <laughs> hey, you know what? Watch the Hitcher after though, if you need it. That's like your. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to top it off. That's to, a good, good one. With a good taste in your mouth, you can make it a you know, cool... French fries or fingers in your mouth. You could make it a cool uh, Thomas Howell uh, double feature with uh, um, the Hitcher and uh, what was that one that he did in the eighties? Uh, Soul. Oh, the uh, uh, Soul, Soul Man. Man. Oh well. Soul Man. Janelle, you can Google up Don't Soul Man off the pod. And uh, double feature of Soul Man and Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, I, I think oh. I think you'll you'll Google it and go. Oh, I'm thinking I'm go the okay. Outsiders instead, or maybe right. his cameo in uh, Amazing Spider Man. It will mess with your Google algorithm. You might get though. some emails from me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think so. Upset emails Try more than like. Nice. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna get a bunch of curse words in about three hours. Oh <laughs> lordy, lordy! But okay, it's a giant F E C K. Yes, <laughs> we have got to move on to our next entry before we talk about Soul Man any further. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds awful. This entry here, uh, this is actually this did make my list as well. I can't remember who else this made. And this one is actually, it was released in September of 81, but this is actually set in the summertime. It's mentioned it's actually set in the summertime, and you can't escape it. And the fact that you can't escape it uh, leads to some issues for one of our protagonists. And the book, of course, is Cujo. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Uh, Who else had this on their top ten here? I did. Okay, what, what made you think about the summertime in Cujo besides the fact that it's, it, it, the sun is beating down on the poor family. Well, that and just being stuck in the the car. Yes. And like, just, I mean, also like the book is different than the movie a little bit, but the mm. movie really sets the tone yeah. of you yep. just feel like you can't breathe. Mm. <laughs> that's the, that's what I've got so here hot. too. It's, it's the, it's the heat stroke. It's a right? real, mm-hmm. uh, it's a real dog day afternoon. Am I right? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's at least two of them. 
Yeah. Uh, three, if you count her, 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 her lover in the, in the, That's in the true. story. Or Bannerman. Or Bannerman. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, and obviously, the summertime itself plays such a huge part. You know, if this takes place in the fall... I don't know if they're going to, they'll probably just be like hanging out in the car until somebody shows up in three days, you know? Yeah, maybe they're through the window. Yeah, nobody's going to die of, yeah, nobody's going to die of heat stroke. Nobody's going to die of a frostbite, you know? Although Cujo, too, if it was set in February in Maine, you know, that could be a different story. <laughs> you could get dehydrated. That's you could true. still get dehydrated. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. I'd like to believe that if it's fall and on Camber Ranch, there's probably like pumpkins. And so maybe she could have ran out and like grabbed the pumpkin real quick and then like brought back and you have like, sustenance with like you know eating the pumpkin some seeds and then maybe some pumpkin juice you kind of live a little on that a little bit i think and then you I can make like a scarecrow pumpkin, yeah. and trick cujo make yeah. a scarecrow <laughs> wait what was that you know about the pumpkin <laughs> dogs like pumpkin we they feed do. our dog pumpkin it's oh really for food yeah ah, they love it and it keeps their coat shiny is that right so i did not know this <laughs> now I'm, I'm assuming that pumpkin pie wouldn't do the same trick that'd be a little more of a problem no that that would be a treat <laughs> I do love pumpkin pie. How about pumpkin pie? We're talking about poor old Kucho. I know. Poor Kucho. Yeah, I blame myself. It's, it's, a, it's a classic fall at the Canberra Ranch. He does. Know? He does. That's why we should get, you know, we should get rid of. We're not conservationists here, apparently. We talked about getting rid of gators earlier on. Let's get rid yeah. of these bunnies and these, and these bats, these jerks. Yeah. These are yeah. Problems. I mean, the bunnies are okay as long as yeah. they are cute like and bunnies. hoppy and don't have rabies. But yeah. 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 Provided they not don't the have white rabies. rabbit with the beady eyes. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Like Benicula. I was you know? just going to say Benicula. <laughs> yeah. He's a menace. <laughs> you know what always comes to mind with Cujo is just the, I talked about, we talked about in the book episode, but man, that, 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 uh, Ed Camber's um, friend who makes that like disgusting like screwdriver that like oh, we'll yeah. talk about how it's like, you know, the, the cup hasn't been washed and all. And it's just like kind of makes this like sloppy in that the, the orange juice is getting all over his face. Just like think of like how like it probably has never been washed that cup when he just in like something like like orange juice like makes cups so gross. So like the pack that you're using again, that sticks in my head more than, you know, the dead kid in the in the um, in the actual story. So, you know. I like that. that. That's wild. So, <laughs> well, orange juice is too thick to drink during the summer, too. Disgusting. You know, it's Who lemonade. Like, come on. Well, and also, yeah. think about this. You, you know that there's no air conditioning going on in that guy's house. No, oh, makes, no. It's even, it's, oh, it makes no. it even grosser. You know, yeah. it's what a nightmare. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Early '80s, right? Nobody had air. No, no. especially up northeast. Of course not. Yeah, yeah definitely not. Yeah. They, might, they still yeah. might not have ACs in some of those places up there. Well, there's that yeah. there's that cool thing in in the the northeast, and especially in the Midwest, where they think like, oh, well, it's winter here all the time, so we definitely don't need to inst- like modernize and get with the industrial revolution and have like central air. So that's why the majority of the apartments here in Chicago, uh, you want, stumble in and they're like. Uh, central air, and they go. Oh no, no! We have some excellent units that we could put on the the wall. Although, uh, Justin, you have a great uh, the AC unit in your. I do. So, if, I'll put it this way: if your if your unit doesn't work, it can make for a very miserable time at home. But yeah. I think, yeah. I'm not, no free plugs, but my unit is working just fine. <laughs> well, but by the way, uh, Cujo, <laughs> Northern Cujo. California is always hot, and we have to have air, or we'll die. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was like Arizona. You had to have a pool or you would right. not realize how hot it was and you would die if you didn't jump in the water. Like 119 degrees in Arizona. Oh, God. If only Tad had a pool, he could have jumped into every once in a while before oh, getting back in that car. <laughs> he would have been you know, just fine. It's funny. Like, this was a big pool read for me. And, like, I was mm-hmm. – uh, 
I should have seen what my actual list would look like because it would have been like The Shining and Pet Cemetery <laughs> and Carrie and like Vintage King was my number one pool read go to and my copy oh, yeah. of The Shining is warped because I left it on the the floor the ground. You were texting the that the other day. That's such yeah a near wild the diving board. <laughs> yeah, like that was my very first King when I was a kid. Oh, oh yeah. Shining. Yeah, well, it's because, like, I was too scared to read it, like, in the dark, but it's like, nothing's going to get me at the pool, you know, except for the alligators. Yeah, very true. It Those hasn't written an alligator story yet, so. I'm not, now I'm nervous <laughs> that you are going to go to Florida and you have an alligator encounter, and I'll feel guilty about saying, ah, don't worry I about it. I know that you guys all mocked me and said, don't worry about it. Just dangle your kids over the ocean. It'll be I, fine. I, I, I hate well, to good be news, the... you're not going to see them in the ocean that much. That's some good news. <laughs> yeah, definitely in the ocean. man-made lake. Yeah. <laughs> There's no crocodiles, I don't think, really going on right now, so. We had a pool in the backyard, and not to, mm. re- to add any more uh, scary <laughs> stories for you, Jen, <laughs> but uh, we did have a pool in the backyard, and I I, uh, this is probably where my fear comes from. And I remember about to, I was about to jump in, and I kid you not, there was a, uh, an alligator at the bottom of my pool. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. And oh, okay. it, it, because the, the, the thing is, they get stuck because they think they go in, and then they get, it's like almost like they get I, – I don't know if this is true. I remember someone telling me this, that, that like they get almost like frozen in a weird way because it's like the chlorine all this other stuff. So they just kind of sit there. And I remember my mom had to call – you know, animal services and stuff like that and get it. But I just always think like, what if I had, you know, like Mr. Destiny, what if I, you know, what if I had, right. Dan, Mike, let me ask you a question. So when they, when the alligator, when the people came to retrieve the alligator, like when they were using their machine guns, were, were, were the bullets <laughs> oh, being broken by the water or did it, we had to get a new they pool? They bounced off yeah. the alligator. You have to burn the pool down. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh it my was, God. Yeah. I didn't go in again. So it really fulfilled never, those things. I was never swimming again. Water. Yeah, I'll tell you right now that would have set off alarms and fireworks if I was living there at the time. And speaking of fireworks, nice. <laughs> our number six entry. This is, might be one of the more recent entries uh, we, we have in this list here. It's coming in at number six. It's found in the Bazaar of Bad Dreams, but it was actually originally an audiobook novella back in June of 2015 this actually did this barely made my list this was uh this came in it's clocked in on my list as well and it's called drunken fireworks now jen adams jen the rage too Jen carry to the rage whatever the fuck that movie's called <laughs> you had this quite high on yours i believe well yours you had this at number two i believe so why don't you tell us about a little bit about why you you have this so high up here i and, was just oh sorry you know don't spoil too much though because this is actually an entry yeah. Oh, you're right. That yeah, we have not co- this is the first that we have not covered this. We'll probably on get the to it now. Yet. 2026 or I'll yeah, say yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Don't just yeah. Don't say the end. Don't do it. Uh, but go ahead, Jen. Uh, your feelings on drunken fireworks and, and why this makes it for a good summertime companion piece. When I think about the Stephen King entries or joints that have surprised me, I think about the drawing of the three. I've never been more surprised by a book, and I don't think I've ever been more surprised by a short story. Not because of what happens, but by how much I enjoyed it. Like, Mm -hmm. this was just really... I was laughing out loud as I read it. It's really fun. It escalates in a really fun way. And it's just... It's fun. It's it's set on the 4th of July, and so I'm not going to spoil it, but... Well, you didn't say the premise. It's just... It's basically two families... Wearing off on the Fourth of July weekend, basically yeah. like a fireworks off. A fire, the, yeah. the great arms race, yeah, yeah. It's yes. not so, dangerous at all. No. Oh no. Okay. Well, <laughs> nothing, okay. nothing can go wrong. Nothing so we just wrong. moved to a different county, and my in my old county, people like up the street from us would set off fireworks just randomly, and it was really annoying. 
but it was illegal in that county and the county I'm in now, it is not illegal. And like Uh-oh. I sit on my porch and I can see like five different fireworks displays just from my porch because people mm. just go nuts down uh. here. Um, and <laughs> some of them were setting them off pretty low. And I thought they were going to burn all of our houses down last year. So, it was, and there was some alcohol involved. So, well, you know. always. Janelle, are you familiar with this particular entry? Yeah, I, so I read it a long time ago and enjoyed it. And I listened to the audiobook today. And mm. I am not a huge fan of the narrator. I felt like Mark Twain was telling me a story, <laughs> talking a little bit slow. And I was like, pay off, pay off, pay off. Uh-huh. Um, it was just a little bit. I just liked reading it more than listening to it. I'm not going to say who the narrator is, but that it was just like it was too slow. It was going too slow. It's like an hour and a half. It's Emilio so, Estevez. No. <gasps> no. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not. Maybe it's, maybe it's Hal Holbrook as Mark Twain. Um, <laughs> it might be. Well, Mike, I don't know. He was doing voices. And, I didn't, uh, and the trumpet sound he made, I, I wanted to like strangle the narrator at that point. Oh, my neighbor plays the trumpet every 4th of July now, too. It's the trumpet's fun. fine. I didn't like it. It is fun. He's not his version of it. <laughs> so you make a good point, though, because the reason I'm very hesitant to listen to audiobooks as my first experience with the book is because... It doesn't. It, it could be ruined, right? It could be if you if don't you get a bad like narrator, the narrator. It makes all it the difference. It, it makes yeah. or breaks it. But yeah. there mm-hmm. are good King audiobooks. I just didn't appreciate that one. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood for that kind of way. It's I don't know the way it started and the, he's telling the story and it was just very slow moving and it's so short. I prefer to have the voices in my own head. I mean, I've got Me enough too. voices. Me as too. As, you know what you I mean? Know what I mean. <laughs> uh, but Mike, yeah. just, we haven't gotten to this. Obviously, this is. Like you said, probably twenty thirty five before we actually get to this on the podcast. Give <laughs> me a while. And I, I only read this for the first time maybe two or three years ago. Have you even gotten to this book yet? I have not, and uh, I I kind of just you know was going to be like I pass, I defer to all. <laughs> yeah, you. I was going to say don't. It, it's not that long of a story. Um, it's a it's a good. This collection is actually pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's very solid. Yeah. The yeah. highs are like I was talking about this on I can't remember, Fun. but it yeah, it's like there aren't super highs or super lows but it's just solid throughout there's a good there's no it's a bizarre of pretty good dreams yes Mm -hmm. that are all interesting (laughs) you know it's a solid three and a half but there are no like the dreams aren't so memorable like i can think of a couple that i really enjoyed and there's there's no dedication going on that's a great cover no yeah the the artwork's pretty cool too for the the hardcover all right, so yeah, we'll get to that in about 13 years. So yep. <laughs> a little teaser for you. We'll see you in a few, we'll see you in a decade. <laughs> Let's go to our next entry here. Now, this next entry was released in September of 1999. Now, the fun fact, it was only three years before the year, two, three months before the year 2000. Well, how about that? People doing math out there. How about that? Pretty fun. It was kind of scary at that time because I, I thought yeah. that, you know, Y2K was going to take everything down. Actually, I, I, know, know. I, know. I know. It was yeah. weird times. Am I right? Well, now this is yeah. we kind of, we just talked about an audiobook novella. This is a novella that appears in a collection, and that collection is Hearts in Atlantis, and the story is Low Men in Yellow Coats. Now, I think Mike Rothman, you had this on your list, am I right? I did, I did. Well, I have a question for you. I have a yeah. question, I have a prompt for you here. Because the way I look at so many King stories depend on the following. Did I read the story first, or did I... See the adaptation first. Yeah, yeah. So what uh-huh. happened with you? Did you see this movie years ago, or did you read the story first? No, I actually, I, I, I think I talk about it in the Hearts in Atlantis movie episode where I, I, I can't remember if I had seen it in theaters. I don't think I did. Um, and so fortunately, I, I didn't really actually sit down with the movie until afterwards. And 
it was kind of nice to just kind of go in there. Although I, you know, problem with me is that I, I always know what the cast lists are for these movies, especially if there are films that came out when I was still alive, um, you know, or I was alive and, um, or I am alive, but, um, <laughs> God, I'm actually like? dead. You're not a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not a doctor. Uh, I, I keep saying that to piss off Sammy lately after, cause I, <laughs> we, we've been binging TV shows and at that time it gets to the credits. I always say not a doctor. And she's like, it's not part of that show, you know, but anyway, Side tangent. Low Men in Yellow Coats. Love this story. But yeah, I did see Anthony Hopkins and uh, the, the late and great Anton Yelchin uh, mm-hmm. in uh, this short story when I read it. But the short story is so different. Or not short story. The novella is so much different than the actual movie because this is a Dark Tower story, technically. Yeah. you know. And yep. so there's a lot of mythos that doesn't really get involved in the, in the movie. And actually, I think we pretty much agreed that the movie does a, a better job in terms of integrating a lot of the stuff because it, it's a little confusing if you don't know the Dark Tower lore behind it. But there's no way you could have adapted that and said, and we'll also include the Tahin. Like, there's no yeah, way you could have Yeah, there's no way, no. It just, but I, but I do, what, what I love about this story, especially in the context of summer, is that, you know, like any of King's coming-of-age works, like, it just kind of soaks up the joy of summer. I mean, so much of the, you know, the story involves, you know, Bobby running around with his friends and, you know, getting into trouble and getting into some riffraff, but then also doing like summery things like going to the fair and, um, you know, going to the brook and, you know, going swimming and, you know, falling in love. And, um, and ultimately, uh, the thing I, I always remember from it too, is the, the, the feel good moment when you have a mm. cold drink and one of the cold drinks mm. that he has in there is something he doesn't even like. It's root beer because uh, Ted insists on having uh, root beer all the time. So root beer, Bobby. Root beer, Bobby. I used to not <laughs> like root beer and now I do. Same here. I know. Oh, it's same. so good. We, root beer I was getting, floats are like man from heaven. So mm. good. I was getting oh so God. many old fashioned root beers. It's great. I yeah. went to Kauai and they make these um, shaved ice things or shave ice and it has like vanilla ice cream under it and like root beer flavored on top it is it was Mm. so good i had two of them all i've got here is my vitamin water um that's not doing the trick i could use a nice root beer no ice cream in it Uh, i I think if i had a root beer flow right now though the energy would be down by about 80 (laughs) percent it might be real real uh, fun for like 20 minutes and then you're like okay it's like much like the song sugar high from empire records it would uh, start to fade away after a while uh well jen let me ask you this question what did you? What happened with you first? Did you see the movie first, or did you read the the novella before you saw the movie? I'm not sure. I've actually seen the movie. Oh, interesting. I think okay, right. I, I'm aware of it, and I think I may have seen it on, but I've only read the book. Is what I'm familiar with the story with. But I picture Anthony Hopkins. Sorry, Sir Anthony Hopkins. And, Please, thank um, you, Anthony Yelton, <laughs> uh, who I just love. Um, Me too. And Carol Gerber, the actress. I think she's in The Patriot too. Right. She is. Yeah. Yeah. I think she gets off to the Patriot. No, think, no, no. Um, well, maybe. I feel like all of his kids die at some quiet. point in that movie, don't they? <laughs> no, it's the a kid, the kid from Small Soldier dies. And then also yeah. um, uh, the Heath Ledger kids. dies. Yeah, That's the boy right. kid. Yeah. All the boy kids for the most part. Um, Except for that one who's also in Firestarter 2, I think. He's one of the mean boys, fire boys. Oh, yeah, that is true. Oh, yeah, he survives. Yes, you're right. Yeah, Survive, it's been a long Survive, time since I've too. seen. Right. Anyways, the Patriot. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I love this story. It this like when I think about the story, I think about him reading Lord of the Flies, and I just think about like my summer reading lists and like That's avoiding the books I didn't want to read, and then being really excited about the ones I did, and you know, and I think about like not having air conditioning, like my grandmother's house. So it's like not all not like the best and the worst of summer, you know. But it just like it feels like a summer book, you know. Well, Jen, you mentioned Lord of the Flies. Of course, you can find our episode 
Yeah. Uh, covering Lord of the Flies. Mike, is that on the main yeah. feed or is that on uh, the Patreon feed? No, it's a main feed. Yeah. There you go. If oh, you yeah, that was it. Don't smack Classic. Go back and listen to it. That is a definitive episode for Lord of the Flies or definitive deep dive on Lord of the Flies because uh, Caffrey, Dan Caffrey, for a loser, he likes mm-hmm. dedicated most of his academic life to that book. And yeah. so he knew, he, knew, he knew a shitload about that book, what can I say? So great app. Okay, so Janelle, what about you? Well, let me ask you a question. Have you seen the adaptation Hearts in Atlantis with Anthony Hopkins? I'm kind of like on the Jen thing. I, I kind of think I saw it, but I don't think I really saw it. I think it's Decades been ago. on. Yeah, and I read the story, but I, I knew who was in it. I knew the cast, but I haven't really sat down and watched it. I need, I need to do that. Honestly, that's a perfect summation for the movie because I, I actually do like the movie a lot, but it's one of those things. It's And these, these movies were coming out nonstop around that time in 2001 where it's like you'd see it and you're like, oh. And then like maybe a month later, you'd be like, wait, did I see that movie? Like it's it just kind of goes in and out. For the it's most like tailor-made to play on syndication on USA yes. during the day. Yeah. That's a great yeah. example. It, it's kind of like... I don't picture Anthony in my head. Sir Anthony in my head when I'm reading it yet, so I'll have to watch the movie he's just great to see. Yeah. He's good he's in great. it. He makes it his own, for sure. Okay, so are you a fan of this story? Does this stand out to you in the book, Hearts and Lannis, this entry? I do, and I think it's funny that we call it a novella when other authors would call it like a book, like a novel, <laughs> but yeah. it's like a Stephen King yeah. short story. <laughs> I, I know, it's like, like it. over 100 it pages. It doesn't feel like 250 pages. It, no. it just goes by real fast. It's really fun, and I like anything coming of age, really. It's my favorite trope. Well, so. I mean, for me, I think of the, uh, I think of the movie first because I did see the movie before I read the, I read the novella, the, I'm sorry, the book Hearts in Atlantis until maybe 10 years after the movie came out. So I always think about the summer. I think about the sun shining on Anthony Hopkins' face yeah. when he's kind of going off, you know? I think about that scene, not to spoil too much, but there's a scene where somebody gets rescued by Bobby, and I think about, Anton Yelkin, and you know, it gets a little more nostalgic, a little sadder now that I think about that, that he's gone. Yeah, but that's it's sad. A, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good movie that would never be released in theaters. Now it would just show up when you're going no. through like iTunes, uh-huh. and it'd be like the top new releases. Yeah, yeah. It, it would just be dropped. It's amazing that I mean, this movie, the budget. I mean, it was made yeah. for you know thirty one million dollars. We talked about that in the episode. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, wow. we, Honestly, we talk about it with the it was Scott Hicks was the director. Like yeah. um, we, we yeah we, we basically like how this just this type of movie doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Like you know, and for that and reason if, alone, it's kind of one of those movies you watch and you're like, I miss this type of a movie. Yep. So it kind of maybe enhances the experience. So it does. wasn't uh, Anton? Wasn't he in that movie? Um, is it Green Light? Green, Green room. room. Green Room. Green Room. That was yeah. so good. Feel good uh-huh. hit of the summer. He's such um, a good actor. Or was a good actor. He was great. He's yeah. also in Fright Night, the Fright Night remake, which I actually really like. Yeah. I like the, yes, I like the Fright I do Night too. remake. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're going to move on to... Uh, <laughs> uh, let's move on to our number four entry here. Which, let's, keep, let's keep it positive on my end. Let's keep it positive. Um, <laughs> Can't say anything nice. Just move on to the next entry, said, right? You said it. Now, number four. Talk about feel-good books. This came out in September of 1986. Any guesses what this is? Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just all say it at the same time. Yeah. One, two, three. Uh-oh. It. It. <laughs> I was hoping I was right. I'm like, uh-oh. I know. It's it. like, oh. <laughs> Joyland. We said Joyland. every Joyland. other entry we haven't mentioned yet. <laughs> I mean, how is this One not going to make our favorites. Yeah. I mean, how is this not going to make the list? First of all, most of the main events, besides the initiating events of the respective years in which the story is told take place in June and July. 
So yeah, obviously, because nothing much happened in August, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. No, nothing. No, no. August is a, is a blur, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, for for many of them, it becomes a blur. But uh, yeah, you mean the ones that die. <laughs> Well, some other things have. Hey, what happens in the sewers stays in the sewers. That's true. Um, okay, so who? I think I think a few people had this on their list. I mean, let's yeah. let's go. Okay, Janelle, you had this pretty high up on your list. What what about this specifically stands out to you? And when you, what makes you think of the summertime when you think of it? I don't. I just think of like hanging out with your friends and mm-hmm. just like also the fact that you know if you're like a misfit, just having a group of friends that understand you and then you connect with. And then I just, and then running around in the sun, like I used to run around and stay outside all the time when I was a kid. So it just kind of reminded me of my childhood a little bit, except with no Pennywise or weird things that happened, but yeah. Oh, nothing like that happened to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. He's real. No. Um. <laughs> he, he could be. I had the same notes here. I said, running around with your friends. That's what makes yeah. me think of this particular entry. And, Rothman, you famously hate this story, so I was curious about your take. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just joking. Mike yeah. loves it. Mike loves it. Although I think I was the, probably the most critical of the book because I, 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 it's been so long since we've done the. But it's long. It's been. I, I no, not even just because of that. I just think that there were stretches of it that I remember just being like, eh, I think we could tighten it here and here. But for <laughs> yeah. the most part, I, you know, the criticism was mostly just like, all right, well, we got to say something. Cause like, you know, like, mm-hmm. this isn't uh, for me, this isn't the dead zone for me, but come on. It's like the barons. Like, think of it. Like, I mean, literally everything that we do with our podcast has something that it ties with like summer activities. When we think about it, like when I'm like, you know, coming up with, text for socials and whatnot, or even just the name of our Patreon, like ties into like their summer activities in this book. Like, I mean, it's, it's in many ways, it's a sequel to, you know, the coming of age story that, you know, the body or something like that. Like, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. all, it it really does kind of build upon the coming of age story template that King clearly knows, you know, from his own experiences, you know, growing up and being outdoor kids and, you know, just going into misadventures and getting in trouble and getting, you know, getting injured and learning things because of those injuries. And because you had that fear that was embedded in you. I mean, I, it's such a, it's such a summer personified book, um, which makes it so funny because there are some really tense and scary moments that take place in other seasons. I think about a certain, uh, some, a certain it walking across a frozen landscape at a certain yeah. point mm-hmm. in this book too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, most of this does take place, the, the climaxes especially take place in the summertime. And Mike, you know, it's funny you mentioned what our namesake obviously is, I shouldn't say obviously, is, is named after the Losers Club and It. Yeah. For the for years, I thought that it was based on the film The Losers from 2010. Oh, for fuck's and sake. And that we were a celebration of that <laughs> yeah. horrific movie with... Uh, like, hey, we'll make a club. Chris know? Evans and, and yeah. Idris Elba, but sorely mistaken. Good Jen, idea, guys. <laughs> Jen, how about you? Uh, it... And, and the summertime. What are you thinking about? Well, I love this book. Um, I think I also think about like this was the perfect time to read this book because you had so much time during yes. summer break, you yeah. know? Yeah, mm-hmm. that like, is true. I love that it essentially starts like on the last day of school, although I don't think it's technically the last day of school, but it's just like this feeling of freedom as they're just released into the world, you know? I ran around a little bit when I was a kid, but I didn't really have this kind of group of friends nor this kind of freedom to run around. So it's kind of like I live vicariously through some of this. Like I think about Ben going to the library. That's what I wanted to do during the summer. Like I remember the bookmobile would show up on Thursdays and I would go pick out my books, my Stephen King books 
Wait, a, wait a, a bookmobile? What is a, a bookmobile? bookmobile? Okay, bookmobile is the coolest thing ever. It's like it a, is cool. It, yes, yes. Okay, oh, it's you like you two tell us about this bookmobile that Mike yeah. has no, no, no idea. I, I, I know what they are, and I wish I had one. Okay. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I used to have one. Okay, so it's basically an RV that's a library, mm-hmm. and so like the entire inside is filled with bookshelves. It's like a mobile library. So mm-hmm. it showed up at my elementary school parking lot on Thursdays, and it was there for like three or four hours. And I would go, and I remember I would get Stephen King, I would get Fear Street, and I would get Garfield cartoon books or something. Oh, I love, love Garfield. Garfield. Yeah, yeah. and then you bring them back the next week, and uh-huh. it's it's the greatest. So, Wait, yeah. did, the, did the person running this uh, bookmobile look a little bit like Ethan Hawke from uh, uh, The Black Phone? <laughs> I was make this, this sounds like a big, <laughs> okay, and, and, and tragically, the kids movie. were never found again. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah. One of those things. Awesome. And, and oh, yes, you the know, surprising, not surprisingly, Jim was there every week because Ethan <laughs> Hawke was there. Oh, Lord. Shirt off. Uh, <laughs> no, it was oh legit. It was a, a function of the library, but now it does sound like a murder trap. Yeah. No, I'm just picturing. I'm, di- I'm picturing Tom Zavini and Creepshow too. <laughs> hey, Here's books, a book for children, you. Books, because you know children famously love books in the summer. Hey there, you know? Hey, to be fair, I you know, I had like a school program thing where they would pass out like a sheet and you pick out books you want yep, and then they would give them yeah, to you. Scholastic, oh. Yeah, Scholastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's how I got into thrillers. Well, do you remember the, Book It? Did you have Book It? Oh yeah, uh-huh. in your school. Pizza Hut. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that was a it was like affiliation with that. Was that the same thing with the? I think it was think Pizza it Hut, is. right? Yeah. Was know. it just Pizza Hut? Maybe something else. Maybe they had like I don't know, like uh, Carl's Jr. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Carl's Jr. Wow, a deep cut. I think I think Pizza Hut's now like TikTok or some bullshit. Am I right? Uh, um, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm old. I don't know what I'm talking about I anymore. Yeah. Here's a distinction I have to make. So this book, yeah, I, my note was, this reminds me of when you're running around with your friends. Mm-hmm. That's a distinction because in a couple entries, there's a, there's a, we'll talk about another thing you do with your friends. Not what you're thinking about, folks. <laughs> like in the sewers, you mean? No, God, no, right, no. That's what I'm saying. That's a whole other story. It's not that kind yeah. of summer love. But keep, I'll keep, that, keep that point I'm making in mind when we get to a couple inches from now. But Mike, one more, one more note about it. Yeah, so one of the things also that I think really fits into this is that and maybe it's just because I grew up in South Florida, so it's always hot year round. But like, I just think of like the idea of Pennywise being such a summer conceit because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you are hanging out, the days <laughs> go by very slowly, and you kind of just, it's not that you're just trying to scare each other, but like, you're so sometimes bored that you, like, you know, these urban legends manifest themselves where it's like, you know, maybe something happened two doors down. 10 years ago that somebody's parents said something about to the, to the one of the kids, you know, in passing and that little nugget of truth became this absolute fiction that would eventually become urban legend around, you know, the yards or, you know, um, the, the playgrounds. Like we had a huge giant playground, um, park in the middle of our neighborhood and we'd always hang out there and we'd always talk about like how like, Oh, there's this one guy that got out of jail once. And you know, he shot this one person on the streets. My dad saw it here. And we're all like in hindsight, I'm like, that's probably fucking bullshit. The guy probably like got out of like prison Trying to make an tax thing and was trying to make an honest living and you know he's just sitting there alone but like watching Frasier or something but like I <laughs> but those things would happen in the summer because you'd just be kind of hanging out and your parents wouldn't give a shit and you'd have so much to you know so much time in your hands so of course you're going to mm-hmm. come up with these bullshit things to kind of make things exciting and and that's it for me you know so please tell me that you like Frasier I love Frasier <laughs> oh love Frasier yeah <laughs> 
That's my favorite. I have two <laughs> so stickers. Good. Yeah, Jen and I are huge, huge Fraser oh fans. Oh my gosh, yeah. so we got to do a Fraser cast at some point. Me too. Yeah. Niles, best. I oh, Niles. Uh, yes, Niles is my. I didn't grow up in a small town or anything, but I grew up in a cul-de-sac and there was a cul-de-sac across the street. So there was a lot of like being outside with the neighbor kids that were kind kind of friends. I mean, I wasn't in school with them because my parents took me out of district, but I knew them from just like living next door. (laughs) Yeah. My street now has a ton of kids on it that my kids are always playing with. And yeah, you're just like outside. So Pennywise can just come up and grab you because in the winter you would be inside. So it wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'd have a coat. Okay. So more layers too. Yeah. yeah. More layers. Yeah. Yeah. Beep, beep, Richie. Come back anytime. I'll show you how to slow down. They all. Well, bad news. Uh, we are the Losers Club, and one of our fellow losers, uh, the host of today, Justin Gerber, well, it looks like Pennywise got him. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Disappeared into the sewer. Or the, really the, the, the dog days of summer got him also. Uh, you know, <laughs> too hot, yeah. Yeah, I guess it was too, too hot to handle... Uh, for the internet. Too cold I guess to hold. Too cold you know? to hold. To Some would say. Call the Ghostbusters yeah. and they're in control. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's trying to call his uh, his, his cable mm. you know, operator. What do they call him now? I guess the internet oh, operator. Who the fuck knows? Comcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, Comcast or RCM, one of them. Wi-Fi. So his Wi-Fi went down. So it's just, we're down to three now. Uh, so Uh-oh. this is a little meta if, you're, if, <laughs> if we're getting here. But the, fortunately, oddly enough, our next story is a creepy tale uh, by uh, the, it's a it's it's a skeleton crew tale. Ah, nice. I bet you could all guess what it is. It's a, a little story that Creepshow Two likes to call the raft. <laughs> <laughs> also, Stephen King calls it the raft. Yeah, yeah he does. He does that. call it. Yeah. So it, it it's you know it's uh, it it's appeared on the nose too. <laughs> it's a little on the nose, but you know we'll forgive <laughs> like him for it. it. <laughs> I had this one on my list, and you had this on your list too. What? Yeah. Why did you? What, what? Why did this come to mind for you when it? You know, when it came to summer. That's going to be pretty basic. Yeah. I, I just the fact that they're stuck on a raft um, in the water, and you know, that's basically the only reason why it came to me. But I really like the story. I like where it goes. That's the best part. Well, it, it's funny because we have a list mm-hmm. for the, the top ten short stories for Halloween. And you and I and I want to say and I, I you know look we've done a lot of episodes here on the Losers Club I can't remember them all I want to say this this sure one might can. actually be on the list because this takes place technically in October this, yeah this is weird summer. on the October one yeah that's that's why I didn't have it on my list although it is one of my all time favorite short stories and that's I think true. except for one little unfortunate thing that happens it's almost a perfect short story yeah you know? and the and the movies certainly exacerbates that uh yeah. that problematic quality of the story for sure yeah i blame the 70s you know a bit uncomfortable <laughs> yeah it's a little but bit. otherwise other Talk than that it's time. perfect like i love it i've listened to the story a lot um it's, it's on good. 
it. It's on the same audio. No, it's not on the same audio as Rainy Season, but I feel like I always listen to those back to back. Um, but yeah, it's just really good. But I didn't have it on my list because it's in October, but I think it works perfectly for a summer story because it's like saying goodbye to summer or what happens when it is, when you actually. try to relive a summer yeah. that has gone by. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's still hot in California in October, so I still oh, feel same like here. Mm-hmm. not fall yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah I mean, I feel like it's it's a summery tale because you're with your your friends. Is it like yeah, you're with your friends, you're stuck on the raft, and then all of a sudden you're I don't know. It's like that claustrophobic feeling that you get mm-hmm. in all the summer tales, like Cujo and. It really know. is, yeah. I mean, it's it's Cujo in the water, except that instead of a rabid dog, <laughs> there's some the random water. fucking oil slick that is in the book. It's a little more cerebral. Than it mm-hmm. is in the Creep Show Two Tale, where it's just a little bit more of a literal monster. Because in the book, it almost like paralyzes its victims in terms of like hypnotizing them. Has mm-hmm. colors, and you know, do you love? I think is one of the things. I love that. It's, it's so yeah. cool and creepy. And the loons. The ending is perfect. Oh, the ending too. is, it one is of the, it, perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's it, exactly it, perfect. It's great, and honestly, this is a uh, you know another smut story yeah it, it originally he couldn't help it no it well appeared in gallery in november of mm. 1982 before it was eventually into skeleton crew in 1985 so it makes sense that uh yes. you know yeah. the four characters are kind of uh pieces of shit and they all are uh gonna fuck on that rap they, they just want to fuck that's all they want to do <laughs> yeah that's, you know I mean, what what you in do? college in your yeah. underwear all wet what are you yeah. gonna do you know what are you I, gonna stay do? warm somehow i always wondered though <laughs> is anyone works. is anyone it here sw- swimmers big swimmers here yes yeah. Well, okay. Not, not professional swimmers, but yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I love you, the swim. We, we, you two mentioned the pool when it came to yeah. the, the summer. What would you do in this situation? You know, die. I would die. You would die. You, oh yeah. You'd probably just jump in eventually. Actually, I would survive because I would never be in that fucking lake to begin with. I wouldn't have swam <laughs> out. The, I remember I was in Miami in college and we swam out to the sandbar and I just about had a panic attack when I realized how deep it was underneath until you get to the sandbar. And I was like, fuck, how am I going to get back? I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't like open water. I have a lot of. I used to go to the lake every summer with my friends in high school and I would swim in the lake. Ugh, yeah. No, there's bodies in that lake. Ugh. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do lakes. Lakes really creep me out, especially since it's weird. As growing older, I've been a little more particular about just what's in the water. As a kid, I just jump in, whatever, yada yada yada. But now, as I'm getting older, yeah. maybe it's just spending away from the the ocean too much. I I, th- I overthink things. So even when yeah. I'm down visiting family. And it's the summertime, and I'm in South Florida. I'm back in my pad, you know, back in the the high life again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think about the water too much. I'm like, I, I look through the murky water, and especially in the ocean, and I'm like, there's something there. Something's going to come, uh-huh. come out. And the lake, that fear is, like, put to an 11. I never think about that stuff. Ever. Really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know? My husband says I have no fear, but really, I just don't think about it. I'm just like, I do it, and then I think about it. I process the information later, so I don't really get scared of stuff at first. Fair enough. Until later. Yeah. <laughs> but Fair I will. Enough. I'll figure it out. But yeah, isn't there like a Colorado River or lake or something that, because of the drought, is so low that they found two bodies now? Oh, my God. Like, I, I, I heard it was that. in New Jersey, I think. Oh really? Oh, they really? Like, this is where all the mafia. They're like the, it's like the water source for like four states or something, and and so they were it was on this like I don't know I think maybe it was John Oliver or something. What I just oh, saw yeah. that on. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, well, but, fun fact, it looks like, you know, because of the climate we're in right now and to get political, mm-hmm. it's, it seems like that's going to be happening everywhere uh, across yeah. the world. So yeah. sad, yeah. sad up. you know. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to talk about with the raft? I mean, this is a classic. We talk about it's it good. at great lengths. Spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do, I could talk about the story all day. I think it's one mm-hmm. of the best. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's this a, is one of the highs that makes Skeleton Crew my favorite collection. Same, mm-hmm. it, because it's a, it's it a, is. it is a kind of polarizing short story collection too. Because there are some lows mm-hmm. in that in that collection, mm-hmm. and this is I certainly the high. I I, I want to say, if it wasn't for the mist, I think this might be number one for me in that collection. I see. Yeah. I don't know it. This, there's Grandma and there's Mrs. Todd Shortcut, oh, which everyone I've, knows I love. That, love that's my too. night surf. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but They're yeah, all bold, this, I think. I think this and Grandma may be the best because uh, Mrs. Todd Shortcut, I have a, that's my favorite. I don't necessarily even get as the best story in that collection, but yeah. Well, this and Grandma. I yeah. like the, the Mist movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just want my Mist back. I just yeah. want my Mist back. I mean, hey, it's trending right now on Netflix. It's uh, number it? three the last time I checked. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Because of those Thomas Jane guns. Yeah, well, you know, it's but a I, classic adaptation. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> to sum it up, I, I will. Oh, go. Where are you going to say? I bring that up randomly. Yeah. Well, no. Look, it's a great movie. I we we were yeah. we're big stands of uh, uh, the mist here. But yeah, Raft, great story. Uh, you know, it's basically you know does for the, on a raft. Well, you know? does for the lake what uh, Jaws does for the beach. Uh, I'll, I'll put it That's that way. That's true. I have one question for uh, mm-hmm. our number two entry. Uh, go see a dead body today. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So we have the body at Ooh. number two, the different seasons. MVP? Uh, I don't know. Actually, probably not. I think Rita Hayworth is probably the MVP of the of yeah, different se- seasons. But let's talk about it. The body. I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, this is the first story that came to mind when I thought about this list. Mm-hmm. Hot, hot take, you know, <laughs> no pun yeah, intended. Yeah. Who uh, who wants to kick this one off? Because I feel like this is a story that, out of all the stories we've talked about on this podcast, I, I don't know how I don't even have words for the story anymore. We've I've done four hour episodes on the, <laughs> on Stand by Me almost. We've done mm-hmm. you know full episodes on different seasons. We did uh, you know we're gonna do uh, you know we've done commentary on like the on Stand by Me. I mean it just it goes on forever. I have a question. Yeah. Why did they change it to Oregon? Oh, I think it's one of those things. I, I I do recall that like they, I think they forgot about it, and they they just kind of put Oregon on there. And also, there's like mountains and stuff too. I mean, they also filmed yeah. in Oregon too, so it's like yeah. you know, it makes sense in a way. But I do wish that that is my my one gripe with this story is that I do wish that it was still Maine because it just <laughs> it just really it just feels. I mean, this is my number one Stephen King movie adaptation. Like, I think it's the, the perfect adaptation. I think it's it, it absolutely captures everything. About I love River Phoenix. Love yeah, and he River Phoenix is just phenomenal in it. But yeah, this is funny. Funny enough, this was the fall from innocence segment. Right. That's, yeah. That's in this. Uh, apt people, I think, is summer. Right. Yeah. Which is summer of corruption. Know, which makes sense. I get that. But this is a summer story. I'm sorry. I mean, that yeah, it are, takes place in the summer. It's an adventure. Yeah. 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 Coming of age adventure. It's not yeah scary or anything, but it's very coming of age. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's exactly a summer. Yeah. There's like a campfire tale, you know, there's mm-hmm. like camping out and, and I mean, all the puke. I love all the puke. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's God. that's that story and, and Cheech. No, oh, Stud City. It's Stud, Stud City. City. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a Chico, tough one. That's it's, who I'm thinking. There's, you know. 
Honestly, it's those diversions into the short story. I mean, I actually like Lardas Hogan. I think it's a good story, but I, the the Stud City <laughs> one is, is good. I just don't like the people. It's a it's a it's a long one, and <laughs> a uh, it's it's uh, it's certainly one of the reasons why I would say I think Rita Hayworth takes the you know takes the crown of yeah. different that is seasons. a perfect perfect story and a perfect adaptation. I yeah. Think. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And the breathing method is pretty good too. That's I no adaptation yeah. yet, undersung one. Yeah, I know. Come you on. Know. People. Well, Scott what? Derrickson. There one? No, there isn't one. Yeah. And <laughs> Scott Derrickson has been wanting to do it. And, um, hmm. so hey, somehow maybe. find a way to make Ethan Hawke in it. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Yeah, it could be anything with Ethan Hawke really. But yeah. like the thing that's good about Chico is that it's very easy to skip. Too, yes, you can you know, and it's almost it. like the short story that proves how great the rest of the novella is, you know, because yeah. mm-hmm. like when I think about that story, I think about the image of him finding the body and like the hail falling in his open eyes and just how haunting and like sad that is, like thinking mm-hmm. about his mother. And then I think about the stag, you know, and sometimes when I'm walking really early in the morning, like yeah. we have a, we have deer that went around and I see. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's, it's such gorgeous writing. You yeah, know? it is. It's more like, I don't know, emotional when you're reading it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can, I've reread that I think three times at this point. Um, and I just, it's still one of my favorite stories by him. I'll probably read it again in another five years and long after we do this podcast. I just think the prose in there is 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 just it's phenomenal. Beautiful. But I mean, when you think about it, it's just the idea of a summer adventure is just manifest here. I talked about how, you know, the coming of age story is is evolved in it. I mean, the seeds of it are right here. And honestly, I think that the perfect distillation is in this story. I mean, it's the reason why, I mean, obviously Stand By Me is influential, but it all does come back to the story. When you think about some of the most iconic coming of age movies of the last 20, 30 years, they all stem from Stand By Me, like Boys in the Hood, John, the late John Singleton credits That's a good movie. Stand By Me as being influential on that. The Sandlot is certainly indebted oh, to yeah. the the body of just a bunch of bored kids trying to figure out something on their own. It's very similar. And then obviously, like 2017's It absolutely pays homage to it because the fucking book It does too. So I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is like a Bible for latchkey kids. It's the I, I don't. Oh. I mean, I it, I have, I said it's universal. But maybe this is going to be the old man in me. I don't know if kids have these type of experiences anymore. I was just, I was just going to bring know? that up. It's so different now than it was. I don't even know. I just feel like it's two different eras. Like yeah. The way kids grew up then and the way kids are growing up now. Yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just strange to think like the idea of a summer going by and not spending it all outdoors is, is so alien to me. Because I was, mm-hmm. my, my parents just like insisted on us going outside which is why I think this this movie, this story connects so much with me because it's like that idea of like, oh, something as macabre as let's go in to find a dead body, which let's be real. If that was something that we knew that was around the neighborhood, we're absolutely 100% going to go check it out. Except for us, it would be on boats because we were, you know, being in South Florida, we just were always on boats in the summer, which is kind of fun. But love this story. This is a 10 out of 10 for me. One of my favorite stories of all time from him. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll read it this summer, actually. It's because uh, you know, we don't have enough to fucking read on this podcast. So. I know, right? <laughs> you should listen to it. I don't have yeah. anything to read. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, if you want to hear more, we have the original Different Seasons episode that was dedicated strictly to the body way back in December 2017. You can go check out. 
Then we also have the Stand By Me long launch episode that we just recorded back in August. We have an interview with uh, the two screenwriters of Stand By Me. We have interview with Jerry O'Connell O'Connell and Will Wheaton that that you could also listen. And then if that wasn't enough... We also, I'm just chilling this out because this is how much coverage we've no, done in the story. Awesome. We also yeah. have, as part of our Stephen King archives, we have a deep dive into all of the short stories that tie, the Gordy LeChance stories that that's tie right. to, this, uh, to this story itself. So lots of stand by me. That was a lot of fun. That's, I think that was our second archives episode. I think so. Actually. Mm-hmm. I need to go back and, and listen to your 2017 episodes. I haven't even, I haven't listened to your Carrie. Is that your first one? Yeah, that's a, a hell of an episode considering that we spent. <laughs> I think it was about, we just, uh, there was like seven of us at the, uh, the, in, the, in the early get-go and we only just used one Yeti mic. So uh, oh, wow. yeah, and you hear it too, for <laughs> sure. Cause the quality, I, I can't even listen to the episodes anymore. But that's how it's supposed to be when you start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. Well, now you've gotten Stephen King on here. So I mean, you're big time. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Uh, God. <laughs> well, that was insane. You might say that you know, hearing about the, the the confirmation of the interview took us to our number one place, our number one uh, story here. I actually haven't read this story. Oh, uh, yeah? It's a little place that uh, Stephen King calls Joyland. It's our number oh, one yeah. story. I've not read it yet. No, it's we haven't good. gotten there in the chronological reread. So. If you like Stand By Me, you'll, you'll really like Joyland, I think. Yeah, it's so fun. I had the most fun reading that. It was on my Kindle. I didn't buy a hard copy until like two years ago. But, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we we were going to get there probably in, oh my God, what, th- two or three years at this point with this. But um, actually, no, it's probably just around the, the bend for us. It's not too far uh, ahead. I mean, yeah. it was, uh, what was it 2013? Okay, so you know, we have a while to go. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I take it back. We probably won't get this till 2024. So we can't spoil this too much because okay. we're not it's there no. yet. But Janelle, you had this as your number one. So yeah. what, what, why does this scream summer for you? I don't know. I think it's the carnival aspect of it. And like, you know, you're, I'm an introvert and I always have a hard time like getting to know people in a new group. So it's kind of that whole thing of meeting new friends and uh, trying to find your place there. And then just having like the floor, you know, to obsess over. Um, I don't know. I just have a really, I haven't reread it. So I, I read it last when it first came out. And so I don't know if I remember it very well, but it was just a lot of fun. I just felt like, it was very summer. Like, what's that movie? Like, Adventureland? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that, movie. like, atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a coming-of-age story, but, like, in college. You know, it's, like, mm-hmm. that kind of... Like, your young love, but, like, your first, like, maybe serious relationship, you know? Heartbreak. That, yeah, uh-huh. And the ending is just really, really beautiful. You know, I don't want to spoil yeah. it, but it's really sweet. Because there... And there's a really kind of cool ghost story with it yeah. too. You know? So it is supernatural then. It is. Yeah. It's okay. one of the yeah. hard case crime stories. I know it's the second one. So it's like, I, I guess it's like it, a murder mystery. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's the element. crime element, but I, th- mm-hmm. I think of it more of a ghost story. Than, uh, well, it's, it's, you know, kind of like Scooby-Doo-esque only uh, not, not as silly. You no know? Scooby-Doo yeah. though. Like Scooby-Doo. Uh, no Scooby-Doo. Cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that yeah. maybe explains why it's number one here for you, because you're like, well, maybe it's maybe. a little bit, like, maybe it's like a Scoob's tale. It was just one of those things that I was like, I don't know, I'll just read this. It just came out, and I just couldn't. I read it one sitting. I just had so much fun. I think I was just kind of like bored or sad or something. So it just got me out of my head. I think it's this good. is when we talk on Bag of Bones episodes. 
and we get, or just even kind of watching our Discord sometimes, I feel like this is the story that everyone wants a movie or adaptation for. Yes. I would be good. That. Yeah. yeah, it would be fun. I've seen like people toss about like the Duffer Brothers being like a perfect choice for this. Ooh, yeah, um, I think that would be good. Dan, who would you cast? Who would I cast? I don't know. Cole Neither. Sprouse is in my head now because they just announced that he's going to be in this Lisa Frankenstein movie. Oh, I can't wait for that. That sounds awesome. Actually. I know. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I love Catherine Newton too. Yeah. So. yeah. I don't know. I don't either. I can't think of anybody right now. I feel like I everybody I would, I would say seven. is like 50 now. <laughs> I yeah. was like, maybe Zach Efron. He'd be cute. <laughs> That's true. I don't know who's in their 20s. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, that uh, concludes us for the, 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 you know, the summer tales. I think we have t- 10 in all. Let's go over them again. Number 10, Night Surf. Number 9, Rainy Season. Number 8, Trucks. Number 7, Cujo. Number 6, Drunken Fireworks. Number five, low men in yellow coats. Number four, it. Number three, the raft. Number two, the body. And number one, Joyland, which I, I'm sure will be somewhat of a disappointment to our constant readers that have been following us in the chronological, chronological reread. And they're like, well, wait a second. We're not there yet. Well, guess what? Just consider that a teaser. Consider it. Hey, it's a teaser for me. I, I haven't gotten there and I'm fucking excited for it now even more. Um, and I, and I have, yeah, you don't know anything still, right? I don't know anything. Well, I mean, we're going to get to the yeah. Colorado kids soon. I'm going to be sitting there probably reading it and being like, I kind of wish I was reading Joyland. Yeah. Joyland's better than Colorado kid. I think. How would you rank yeah. the hard case crime novels then? Was this the- um, Joyland later one kid. later two and then Colorado kid three. Oh wow. Colorado kid, it's not bad. It's just, there's not no. a whole lot to it. You know? uh, I liked it, yeah. but not, yeah. Joyland's definitely better. And later I really like that one too. What do you think is better, Colorado Kid or the Sundance Kid? Uh, my man, uh, Robert Redford. I mean, look, Robert Redford is pretty dreamy, so yeah. he's going to win. Yeah, over yeah for the sure. Colorado Kid, then. especially because the Colorado Kid, I believe, might be dead. Oh, okay. Right? Well, spoiler alert for It's been a while since yeah. I've read the book, but <laughs> I think. Uh-oh. Teaser. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. He got eaten by a gator, you know? Yeah. That, oh. that later gator. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, look, it's uh, the later Gators gator. Are I'm sorry. <laughs> God, the gators will never die. This has just been nothing but gator talk. We should have like a, a recurring gator talk thing because I probably have about three more horror stories I could bring, but I'm not going to scare oh, you away from Florida because look, Jen, <sighs> it is the summer. It is the beginning. Yeah. By the time you're here listening to this, this is the first of July, which means that what are you doing listening to this episode? You should watch the last two episodes of Stranger Things. True. Yeah. Oh, so good. Which by the way, Can't wait. we got our fourth episode, our fourth installment of Talkin' Hawkins coming up. We got a lot of things coming up for the rest of this summer, uh, constant listeners, including this month, because as we mentioned in our socials, the heat is on for the losers in July. We spent all of June talking about blockbuster movies and all this other stuff to kind of give us a break because uh, the first six months here, it was a lot. We covered a lot of books. We covered a lot of movies. Uh, we did a lot of deep dives. We got to talk to King himself. We need a little bit of break, so I hope you enjoyed Jurassic Park. I hope you enjoyed the thing. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Chapa Trap House's Will Miniker. Um, but we're back on the track to finish 
our journey through King's Dominion. And uh, we're not going to finish the whole journey yet, but we will Yay. finish the tower journey because that's what we're going to be doing this uh, this year. And we're going to pretty much start that off with our book episode this month, Everything's Eventual. We have at least oh. two Dark Tower adjacent stories that are in there. And we have two episodes dedicated to Everything's Eventual. So next week, we're going to have our first episode dedicated to uh, Everything's Eventual. And then the one after that, we'll have uh, part two because that's just how we do it. We're going to do the countdown to the short story. So this is almost kind of like a preamble to that because we're doing a little yeah. bit of countdown here as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Ties right in. So what else are we doing? We were also going to be talking about 1408, <gasps> the classic John part. Cusack creepy. Oh, love the story. And movie's yeah. not too bad either. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that. And then uh, we're also going to be having uh, multiple episodes in our Patreon. We're going to have a, having a Dark Tower detour. We talk about the, the Little Sisters of Illyria. And as I mentioned before, we are going to have our fourth installment of Talking Hawkins to close us out in that small Indiana town where big things happen. And then we're going to skip ahead a little bit, kind of like we were talking about with Joyland. Well, we're skipping ahead in our chronological commentary tracks because uh, we're going to be covering It 2017. We saw it trending on Netflix, and we thought, what do we want to do? Do we want to do a commentary track for The Shawshank Redemption, which is an iconic film, (laughs) or do we want to do a film that's... uh, that's trending on Netflix? It it really really should have just done Shawshank, but we're going to do It. We just said it's a summer story. It's a summer story. You can't go wrong with it. You can't go wrong. It'll be a lot of fun. Chapter one, yeah. You know? Yeah, oh yeah. But I'm talking a lot about movies. And, you know, you're probably thinking, like, I love Stephen King movies. Well, guess what? I got some good news for you. Because uh, we're throwing a three-day Stephen King Film Festival here in (sighs) Chicago's Music Box Theater uh, over Labor Day weekend, which, oh, wait a second. Uh, That seems to me a lot of King stories that take place over Labor Day weekend. It could be The Body, which we just discussed on this (sighs) very list, and also It, which we also discussed on this very list. I will say this right now. uh, We are playing Stand By Me uh, at this film festival. So it's it's on topic and on theme here, and um, we may uh, Pennywise may pop up uh, that weekend. But for now, we got the full lineup. We're going to be it's centered around Creep Show for the 40th anniversary. Uh, we're going to have guests. We're going to have vendors. We're going to have a costume contest. It's going to be a fucking ton of fun. And uh, the losers are all going to be there. We're going to have a live recording. Um, we're going to have a double feature of The Shining and Dr. Sleep. And uh, I'll just say it right now, we're going to have 1408 also there, a 35-millimeter print Ooh, that's going to be oh wedged in gosh. between Christine and Creepshow. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> we're going to have some... you got to get your tickets soon, Jen, because you got to get here. you got to come here yeah. to Chicago finally. Oh, but, I'm coming. I've gotten, yeah. I've gotten official clearance from Corey and work. So good, good. It well, sounds look, so fun. It is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So, Janelle, you should get out here over Labor Day yeah. weekend. Um, I'll try. But tell uh, our listeners, where they, again, where they can find you and uh, what else you got planned for the rest of the summer before we go. Okay. Uh, you can find me at She Reads with Cats. Uh, no spaces or anything on Instagram. And it's She Reads with Cats on Twitter, but without the I. And uh, you can find me on TikTok now because I have to do that. And <laughs> I love how everyone always says that about TikTok too. Like, you know. And maybe try and pick up a Dark Matter magazine or, uh, you know, read Cemetery Dance. Yeah. Well, I think most of uh, mm-hmm. the listeners certainly are familiar with Cemetery Dance. But, uh, Jen, what about you? What, what do you got coming up? I know uh, Psychoanalysis is celebrating a, a little um, milestone coming up. So. We are. Yeah, we have our 100th episode coming up um, in July. It should be dropping 
This is dropping on the first, so it should be dropping in about a week. Um, and we're going to do a discomfort horror episode where we talk about the scary movies that we are too afraid to watch or that upset us too much, just kind of the opposite of our comfort horror episodes. And then we've got some fun comfort horror um, coming up. And then I'm not sure what our topic coming up is going to be, but I know we're going to be covering Misery at some point, so that's going to be fun. What's that story? I've never heard that I know. The fuck is that? Misery, you say? That's weird. I'm actually trying to think of, like, I think the only discomfort horror I could think of is, like, arachnophobia. I can't watch that Oh, yeah. See, I died 15 minutes into Titan. Like, that's my body horror, especially when there's metal involved. Oh, my God. Mine is bugs. Right. Like, a lot of, like, ants or something. Yeah. The so end of creep show. I can't do yeah. it. Well, that's a gross fucking section too. Yeah, uh, no. I would say stay away from uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. They have some dangerous ants in that one. So, oh um, yeah, yeah. No, I watched it and it makes me like it makes my skin crawl, but I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. let's hope uh, our, our skin crawls uh, even more in the coming weeks because we got a lot of spooky stories that we're going to be discussing here, all of which I just mentioned, and all of which you can look forward to over long days. And, and pleasant, pleasant nights. Night. Yeah. <laughs> I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. But you know you want somebody to treat you good. This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>